Hello everybody. Before we get into the show, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a rundown on this show. This is the last episode that we mentioned on the last edition of Sacked in the Morning. And I've been working in the background to try and rescue some of the audio because it's not great. It's ropey. It cuts out in places. There's a lot of echo. This is something that we've been working on in the background, something that I've been working to improve upon. Hopefully you can start to hear that it's going to get a little bit better from this point moving forward. We've spent a lot of time perfecting it, working on it, trying to make it sound a lot better each time. We don't record this in a proper studio, so we don't have the benefit of proper studio recording equipment, studio staff, anyone with kind of the slightest knowledge of audio production it's all done by me myself it's all done in a in in our private establishments so we are working on it we're trying to improve it for you moving forward however with that being said this episode that you're going to listen to today because it's been considered a lost episode the information included in it are world cup scores predictions for instance they're not they haven't been taken into account they the World Cup round of 16 that you listened to last edition, last episode, that is the canon. That's based off of scores that Tom, Phelan, and myself came up with after the fact. So the scores that you will hear in this episode are not related to those results at all. So with that being said, if you feel like you don't want to listen to this episode, if you feel that you're having trouble hearing it, it's it's just not working on what device that you're listening to it on, feel free to skip this episode. You will not miss anything that relates to our World Cup predictions at all. I just wanted to put it up so that it gives you a little bit of a flavour of what we talk about. And of course, we also do the Hall of Fame induction at the end of this episode as well. So if you wanted to hear the stats of Ali Dyer and who he was up against, then feel free to listen. But as I said, if you don't want to listen to this episode, you can skip it if you want to, of course, no problem. You will not miss anything. And you can catch up again next episode where we will continue with the quarterfinals, semifinals and final of our World Cup predictions. But if you do choose to listen to it now, I hope that you can get through it. I hope that you do enjoy what you hear. There are some funny moments throughout this. Of course, there are. And uh, I hope that you laugh along with us. So if you do listen to it, that's fine. If you decide to skip, that's also fine. But if you are going to listen, let's get to it. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. When the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. No, a way to get me shoot, measure. Yes! What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? Well, well, I asked him which way he thinks it should be done. We'll get down to it. And then we talk about it for 20 minutes. And then we decide I was right. Dennis Bergkamp! 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 
special one. I'm the normal one. And welcome to Sacked in the Morning, football podcast that's not a football podcast. I don't know. I need to figure this part out. I haven't quite got this part yet. What is it? It's the football podcast for the everyman or the football podcast for the non-football fan. I don't know. What is it? Help me out, guys. Come on. Everyone who likes football. But doesn't want it from journalists. Yeah, yeah the football podcast not done by ex-celebrities, players or journalists. They studied journalism at university. Yeah, but you've never been oh. a journalist. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, so what are we talking about? Crappy people, journalism and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Football, Richard. Football, of course, yeah. Sorry. We do so many of these, I get lost. <laughs> uh, so as I said, welcome to Sacked in the Morning, the football podcast for people who studied journalism at university and never became a journalist there we go thanks that's our new intro <laughs> just crushed tom's dreams right there or hey, recrushed. Know, I'm not quite sure. yeah it. i was gonna say i was gonna say recrushed is that a word yeah i'm pretty sure i never crushed them <laughs> yeah moving on yep moving on so uh right so last week see there it is see i can hear it <laughs> can anyone else hear that the, like the double echo. You surely must be able to, right, Phelan? Occasionally. You can hear me through this microphone and then you hear me through the other microphone at the same time as well. That's okay. what I'm... That, that right there. Can you hear that? Yeah, I pointed it out last week. That's what, you could that's what I'm for. trying to avoid and it's very difficult because we're... Unless I put like a f***ing soundproof screen between us. Anyway... Uh, last week, we were talking about the World Cup that isn't at the moment, but that will be uh, in... Maybe. Maybe? You I don't think the World Cup's going to happen? Now, who knows what's going to happen in the next few months, Richard? Let's assume it's going to happen. Sounds very ominous. I'm fairly certain it will happen. Yeah. Tom knows so something we don't. trying to add a little bit of intrigue. He, does he think like World War Three is going to happen and it's going to put the the football off or you'd say it won't another covid spike oh god guys 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 come on <laughs> come on let's stop being so dire let's pick this up come on the world cup that isn't right now but that will be in the future that's what we are here to discuss that's what we started discussing last week and that's what we're going to continue discussing this week now what last week was was that we are guessing the results that we think are going to happen at the World Cup. And then we're going to have our own little World Cup in this scenario. And then we're going to revisit it in November and December and see who was closest to how the World Cup was actually going to lay out. 
You seem to think that you are, Tom, but I'm also pretty sure that you have Canada top of their group, so I'm I'm not so confident <laughs> on his results. Are you going to say that they won't? Oh, I'm still back in my 4-4 draw. Yeah, there you go. yeah I was no, going to say, yeah, Phelan's up. also gone a bit crazy with the scores as well. Anyway, yeah. that was the first week of fixtures that we did last week. Today, we're going to work on the second week of fixtures moving into the last 16. So, gentlemen... We can do these fairly quickly because we've discussed the teams already, but if you want to discuss anything specific about the game, feel free to do so, okay? So we're going to move into day eight of the tournament, and this brings us back round again to Group G. First game, Cameroon versus Serbia. Barnburner. Barnburner. Oh, yeah. It sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I imagine Serbia will probably win this one. I yeah. think Cameron have been very impressive in recent World Cups. I think that they're very much like we said last week, one of the African teams that had their peak and their zenith and then they've kind of yeah. dropped a little bit, haven't they? Have any stars? Apparently. This is where I rely on you two lads. Come on, you know more about world football than I do. <laughs> Can't think of a scene. There's nobody particularly... No, I, there's, there's no big name that springs to mind. So what are we thinking then, guys? Well, if Tom's saying barn burner, I want to see this score. It's just good. But if it's going to arrive in my 4 4. I'm assuming he's being uh, facetious yeah. there. <laughs> I'll, I'll go for a 3 1 to. Repeat that, mate. You dropped out. Oh, I'm going for a 3 1 to Serbia. Got a fault feeling? I'm going in completely opposite direction. It's going to be a snooze fest and it's going to be 0 0. I'm exactly on that page with you. I, I've, I'm thinking <laughs> nil-nil as well. I'm thinking boring, boring game. Nil-nil. Um, the only thing would make good. it more boring is if Phil Neville was commentating. Oh, God. Why would you torment <laughs> us with such things? <laughs> why, why are we all so down today, guys? Come on, man. Why are we all thinking, oh, uh, yeah, like... <laughs> so is this, is this Serbia's second game, right? Third. I don't know. It might be their second game, actually, mate. It is their 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 uh their second game, yes. Serbia's second game, and the first one was against Brazil. So I'm thinking, if they come off of a defeat, that one they're gonna want to win this game. Yeah, but I also think that they they kind of know that they're gonna lose to Brazil. So is that really a? Although I say that, maybe I don't I don't remember what all of us said the score was gonna be versus Brazil. So. <laughs> I was about to ask that question. Close. You're just going to have to um, think what you think the score's going to be now uh, again, between Serbia and Brazil and, and, and hope that it was the same as what you said last week. <laughs> I think I went for a narrow Brazil win. but Yeah, I think we all went for Brazil win, to be fair. So, yeah, but so if that is the case and, and uh, we all think that is going to lose their first game to Brazil, then you'd say that they're, they, they're probably going to know that as well. So that would they really be going into that game thinking, oh, well, we really need to... Yes. But if Brazil are going to top that group, a win, a draw and a loss, we'll put them through anyway, so... And the, the, the other thing that you need to remember as well is that just because they want to win, it doesn't mean that they will. I don't know, I'm just... They're going to take the initiative. I'm still saying nil-nil fest. Yeah. yeah, I am. Okay, so that brings us to the second game in Group G that day. Brazil versus Switzerland. Now, I'm assuming Phelan's going to think this is a 9 all draw, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 
No, it'll be Brazil 3-0. Yeah, as they're being quite comfortable with Brazil, they'll start to find their rhythm. And yeah, they'll walk over Switzerland, to be fair. Hey, I'm not going quite as um, gung-ho as you. I'm going to say 2-0 Brazil. Because again, I don't. I just don't think Switzerland have got the stuff going forward. But I don't think Brazil are that good either. Got better attacking players, of course, but I don't think yeah. that they're necessarily going to blow teams away. So, they, these two played each other in the last World Cup. I will have to take your word for that. I cannot remember. <laughs> you remember what the score was? I don't know. 4-0? 3-3. <laughs> I don't know. On one. I was right with a score draw at least. Um, but I think Brazil will win this. And that was four years ago though, remember it's that? 2-1. Two, two, one. One. Okay, so we got we got 2-0, two 2-1 nil, two and 3-0, did you three say? Nil. Yeah, 3-0. Okay. So not a wide variance of distance. They're all kind of in roughly the same ballpark, so okay. Um, that brings us on to Group H, and we have South Korea versus Ghana. Silence speaks volumes. I think it's a must-win game for both of these teams, right? Depends. What did you say last week? <laughs> <laughs> um, really should have made it out of my scores. Yeah, no, that's the whole point. Is I don't want you to make a note because when I work these out after this episode to work out who you think has gone through i want you to be like oh my god when i say right feeling you have switzerland versus canada in the next round as group winners of their groups <laughs> one only tom's um, back in canada to win their group true he's back them to win the whole thing isn't he <laughs> yeah i secretly hope he gets him in his work sweepstake or something i'm gonna go oh, oh god god <laughs> Terrible. Inspired by the great Thomas Party. And Party. Allegedly. <laughs> okay, so what was that again? Uh, I reckon 2 0 Ghana. You're going against the team that's got Son in their team, and you're saying that he can't score against Ghana. <laughs> Yeah, but he's always going to back the team with the Arsenal player in it. It's, it's, it's that, it's that gooner in him. Can't stand it, can he? <laughs> no. Yeah, that really wasn't my thinking. <laughs> Even though you just said it's because Liar. of Thomas Party. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I don't think you can say that Son's not going to score against Ghana. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a two-nil uh, South Korea. Opinion. Feeling gonna I'm going one nil, one nil South Korea with Son to score. Uh, it's gonna be a pivotal game in our predictions. I mean, it could be. We'll see what it all turns out to be. You never know. Might all like come down to goal difference. You don't know. Even though you Isn't just it? said that, that that Ghana are gonna win like two nil. That sarcasm, mate. That takes us to Portugal versus Uruguay. He's injured and can't play. You have to jinx Tottenham like that, hey? <laughs> or what if he? Allegedly. No, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, he's just turned 30 now, hasn't he? So. But does that he's mean that, his, like. He's still in his peak. I think he's just getting there now. Yeah, I think. I don't like the, the the fact that you're saying he might get injured. That, yeah. Um, right, that takes us to Portugal versus Uruguay, guys. I think that this has the potential to be a pretty entertaining game. Yeah. Um, 
to a decent side, do you think? Feeling's having a heart attack. What's wrong? <laughs> I agree with that. I'm going to say 2 2. Okay, so he does think he the way he was looking there made it feel like he was like uh, you're both out of your minds thinking oh, this oh, is look, gonna be a it, good it, game. It, it could go either way this one. Like most football games. All of them. Like pretty much every game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um one team might win, the other team might win, or there might be a draw. I I think currently Portugal have the stronger team and out than you. I think, you know, Suarez and Cavani are a bit harder. We've also got Bettinka. Odin's still playing for them. He's getting a bit old. Um, On their day, though, they could still spring a surprise. And I... Oh, yeah. It'll be entertaining, but I can see them cancelling each other out. I think the thing that you that people know about Uruguay is that they're quite a physical team as well, aren't they? So, yeah. you know... If if they're not quite on their day, they can disrupt other teams at least anyway, can't they? So, yeah, I mean, Uruguay knocked Portugal out the last World Cup. Why well, he's here because he's 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 my staff. He, he remembers like all this stuff. <laughs> Uruguay knocked Portugal out the last World Cup in the second round. Who knocked Switzerland out of the nineteen ninety eight World Cup, Tom? Weren't there? Ah, oh, see, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. See, that's that's. I wouldn't have even known that. I would have just assumed they qualified. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I, I pulled you off the stronger team right now. I reckon they'll win 2-0. 2-0. I'm... Very deep in thought. Because I don't know whether to agree with you that it's going to be a draw or the other thing in my mind that's saying 3-2 Portugal. Oh, okay. Now the hat-trick. You know what, just to be different and to go in a different direction, yeah, I'm going to say 3-2 Uruguay. 3-2 um, uh, hey, Portugal. 3-2 Portugal. 3-2 Portugal. 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 <laughs> you, you, were just, you were just going on about oh, Portugal that? and all of a sudden you just drop a 3-2 Uruguay. 3-2 Portugal. 3-2 Portugal. Is that your final answer? Three goals Portugal, two goals Uruguay. There we go. <laughs> you don't want to call a friend or 50-50 that, no? No, I just, that was just a brain <laughs> fart, okay? That was all that was. Okay, well, that takes us to day nine and all the way back round to group A again. And this is everyone's third game. Okay, getting to nitty gritty. First game is Ecuador versus Senegal. I personally find anything other than a Senegal win here quite difficult to conceive, personally. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. No, I mean I probably think Senegal will win. I could see this being a boring nil nil. I do but agree it won't be a particularly great game. Ball, right? I don't think it'll be fantastically exciting, no, but I don't see anything other than a Senegal win personally. Yeah, they'll nick one and that will just be the game. I'm gonna say two. Two nil. We'll go nil nil then. The Netherlands versus Qatar. That's going to get dicey. Well, who does ah. the weather favour, Tom? Let's not start this again. <laughs> I mean, the weather clearly favours Qatar. Don't think it gets like desert in Netherlands? <laughs> what about the high altitude? Will that help them? <laughs> I'm not sure what Tom gets more excited about, the games or the uh, conditions. 
Hey, the man. first time we've mentioned weather so far. This, you know, you got to take these things into consideration. You know, when betting on Cincinnati, you need to. There are many factors to yep. take into account. <laughs> yeah, that's like betting on Denver at mile high. Makes a massive difference. Always bet against the South American team that's playing at home, like Chile or someone like that, because of the the uh, altitude. I mean, always bet for the South American team that plays home. Yeah, is that, is that not what I said? What did I say? You said bet against. I think you were meant uh, to my, say you don't bet my, against. My you just brain, against. yeah, you don't bet against, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brain's farting all over the place today. Um, I think this could be five or six. Yeah, I'd agree with Find it difficult to disagree, yeah. Even with the weather. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, this is the third game in the group. The Netherlands will be used to it by now, uh, surely. Although I would like um, to make an yeah. editorial request and across the, the two podcasts, every time Tom mentions the weather, you need to have a thunderstorm or some form of uh, oh, noise. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm just going to put Michael Fish up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So you're saying what? What you got to pick one. You can't say five or six. Five nil. Feeling? Five. I'm kind of inclined to go the same way, I think. We'll go 5 0. Right, I'll go 6. Oh. Damn, we should have gone 6 now. Damn it. <laughs> You're closest without going over. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'm going to go 6 0. Okay. Uh, so, Group B and the big one Wales versus England. That's written. Score draw 1 1 or 2 2. I think the occasion might get to England a little. Yeah. Because Wales would be well up for it, won't they? Yeah. England yes. might be like, oh, let's just don't lose. Yeah, we'll, we'll set out to not lose and Wales will set out and try and win and they'll probably score first and then we'll nick a goal and then they'll probably score again and then we'll nick one really late to make it 2-2. The first time these two have met in international competition? No. Remind us, please, Tom, our little statistician. During the Euros in 2016. And what was the score? And what was the score? On England. Who scored? England. Everyone. Uh, Bale scored for Wales. Oh, yeah, after Joe uh, Hart with the shit free kick. Yeah. And then there was it Fardy and Sturridge in the last five minutes? Yeah, Sturridge scored, yeah, Sturridge scored like really, 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 really late. When yeah. even Fergie time, it was like beyond that. What tournament was this? 2016. The, the, the one where we lost to Iceland later on. Yeah. Hearts fault as well. That was a team. That was a collective team's fault. They all sucked. It was, it was on at like two in the afternoon. Yeah, it was. It was like a really random time. Let's get the day off work for it. My brain is just like blocked this out or something. I don't remember this at all. I mean, you started talking about Vardy and Sturridge scoring, and I was like, what was this, like 2012, <laughs> something like that? Or I was like, when, when was this? This is the Jamie Vardy just come off and win the league. Yeah, I, I do not remember this game at all. Yeah, you're talking about our team with Joe Hart, Jamie Vardy, and Daniel Sturridge, and I start thinking, yeah, we're looking at early 2010s, right? When the team had like six or seven Spurs players. And Where will you get off your high horse? Saying. So what are we thinking then, Tom? You haven't given us an a... What are you, going, are you two guys going for? He's gone for 2-2. Two, two. Two. I'm going for 1-0. Well, so no one's going to stick their name out. Why no, are you patriotic, eh? I, I want to know your score because I'm 
kind of confident of something, depending on what you say. That wasn't okay. slightly cryptic uh, at all. Uh, free to England. Okay. Doesn't matter what I was thinking then. Unfortunately, over Wales. Or it might be. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure one of us has put England out. Oh. Huh? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure, based on the results that we've given, one of us has put England out of the group stage. I don't think it's me. I think it's either me or you. Yeah, you both want to draw it. Yeah. One of us has put England out of the tournament. <laughs> well, I mean, it's happened before in a group stage for England, right? <laughs> you know, it's not the beyond the realm of possibility. I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% confident, but I'm probably about 70% confident one of us two has put England out at the group stage. I As think Tom's put them through. The, it's, not, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, so, you know. <laughs> it's a damning indictment from us, really, isn't it? You know? I mean, probably go on and win it the whole thing now. It makes sense to go from a semi-final and a final to getting on to the group <laughs> yeah, stage. Yeah, to the group stage. <laughs> yeah, true. And then okay, these um, be like, England are in free for all. National team is a, is a disgrace. Gareth Southgate has to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know. Like, yes, okay, out. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, you know how it goes. Gets to the nitty gritty and you can't do it. Like, nations are going to give a shit about. But, you know, if we balls up in the World Cup, then yeah, I do care about that. Wild whip soaring from the British media as well, isn't it? And that's the thing. It's like, oh my god, we're the best thing since sliced bread. Oh my god, they're terrible. Everyone should be shot. Yeah, twinkle hey, and pendulum. Exactly. Uh, okay, this is another tasty match that I'm kind of looking forward to, more so for the political factor yeah, rather than true. for the actual game itself. Iran versus the United States of America. Now, politically, this is a bit of a hot one, obviously. Um, Match-wise, we're not looking at anything too fantastic, I don't think. Politically, quite a big thing, I would say. Not the first time they've met in a World Cup. No. Give us another example. When? 1998. Round 1-2-1. One, one. I don't were, see that being repeated. Way worse than I think the USA are a lot better um, now. It'll be 2-1 to the US. or two. Uh, I'm going to say 2-1 to the US. 2-1 to the US, okay. Flips. Whatever a boring Mark Lawrence and 2-0. Yeah, I think then based on that, yeah, one of us has put England out at the group stage because someone's got Wales in the US to go through based on goal difference or goals scored, I think. I'm going to say 2-0 USA as well. Bit of, a, bit of a nuclear match there, it seems that could set off a bomb in Group B. Okay. It's a bit in poor taste. You're in poor taste. You've got an eagle, a dragon, a lion. What is a ran's animal? They don't have an animal. They have the scythe, don't they? The sword. Oh, that, that would scythe off all three of them, wouldn't it? I think I'm pretty sure a sword beats all the animals. <laughs> Did a dragon chomp on a sword? Well, St. George killed a dragon with a sword, so, you know, allegedly. Yeah, I just thought that that was quite an interesting... It's quite an interesting group um, all round, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's probably the most interesting in, in world terms. Not not necessarily so much football in terms, but like in like political, the way the world is kind of terms. I, I think that this is probably the most interesting group in the tournament. I mean, between, you know, you've got rivalries... 
none of the other groups really have. I mean, is Brazil, Switzerland a massive in a rivalry in the world? No, but, you know, Wales, England, that's a big rivalry. England, USA has turned into a bit of a rivalry recently. You know, Iran, USA, that's a big rivalry. So just, the only one really is Wales, USA. That's not really that big a deal, really, is it? But then you're going to have Gareth Bale playing in the MLS. Maybe yeah. there'll be something there. I was going to say, that's yeah. going to tweak that slightly because it's going to generate so much interest in Wales and Bale with him oh, playing yeah. in the MLS, especially if he hasn't been playing well or playing many games. Yeah, exactly. He's going to want to have a point to prove, that isn't dynamic it? in the US media. So I would say overall... This is the most interesting group in the tournament but for the stories behind the games. I, I know also, that. In terms of like okay. any one of those three teams can act, two out of those three in any combination can qualify. So like you were saying, like one of us has got England's finishing the group stage. Realistically, and that's not being, trying to be pessimistic with Vs, it's just the way it could spin because yeah. the, the teams are relatively on their day can beat one another. It's like trying to call um, a set of Premier League fixtures. On any given yeah. day, any of the teams can beat anybody else. And that I mean, I would say really if, you look, if you look at it on paper, you'd think England and Wales would be the two to go through. But I'm pretty sure that from the results that we've given, that's not the case for, for most. You can't, you can't write off the US team. They're a lot better than a lot of people give them credit for. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, and they have improved a lot over the past oh, 10, significantly years. over the last, yeah, as you've got to say, last 10, 15 years, significantly better. And what were you going to say, Tom? I know you don't put much into the world rankings, but apparently this is a group of death, according to them. I mean, like you say, Two out of three might cause a bit of difficulty. Um, you know, two into three doesn't go, does it? So three nope. into two, sorry. Three into two doesn't so go. Just completely Ryan Iran off. I think you'd say have to, wouldn't you? If you look at that group, you'd have to say Iran's the no proven track record of, of getting foreign World Cups. No, plus I, 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 I haven't really heard anything about Iran making waves recently like big results or like they've had a massive overhaul of their team or something like that, you know. Uh, well, that takes us to the end of day nine and into day 10. And we move to the final fixtures of Group D, first and foremost. God, which is Australia versus Denmark. Yeah, so these two played each other in the last World Cup. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the score, but I know Australia lost all their games, so Denmark obviously won. Um, I don't see it being different here. I don't think this Australia team is as strong as past World Cups. They noticed all players. I think they're badly missing uh, someone like a Tim Cahill or someone yeah. like that, aren't they? Mark Viduka. Yeah, there's no like world class. That, that, that one player that can do yeah. something yeah. when they're down, really. I mean, their best player is probably their goalkeeper. Although the goalkeeper that got him through on the penalty shootout, that was his, what, his first game or his second game or something? Yeah, something like that, yeah. So, I mean, is it Matty Ryan? That that was the former. Like the Bex Bryan keeper. Yeah, yeah but where's he now? I mean, he's is he still the number two at Arsenal? Number three at he's Arsenal, was he? He's in Spain somewhere, I think, now. Uh, oh, is he? Spain, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really have that one player that can be like, 
everyone get on my back. I'll do a little bit of the heavy lifting for a while, kind of thing. It's in that way. It could be wrong, but but um, yeah, it doesn't seem that way at the moment. Something that um didn't come up last week that uh we should have, considering what we were talking about, and and considering the joke that we put in at the start of this episode as well. But Christian Eriksen, now we spoke about. How is he going to do it at a World Cup and blah, 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 blah. The one thing we didn't talk about, which is a bit of an odd thing to miss considering the running joke, how is the climate going to affect him? Because speaking as someone who's lived in the Middle East and someone who has exercised in the Middle East with an issue similar, bloody hard, and it is... Stappingly tiring and very difficult to breathe sometimes. So this is something that didn't come up last week that I'm surprised we didn't talk about as to this because it's a heart condition. But I feel like this wouldn't just affect... It's going to affect everybody from that plays in Europe just in general. You're going to see so much rotation where teams are going to have to rely on their squad so much more than they did before. And I don't yeah, see, but... to answer your point, I don't see Ericsson starting games because of the conditions, potentially. He might start one, maybe in the middle game, and be a substitute in game one and three as that kind of last 20 minutes. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't see him starting all three games and then playing 90 minutes in all three games, just because, as you had mentioned, the conditions and the fact that every nation is going to have to rotate you will see probably seven or eight changes per game, every game. How many substitutes are there, do you know? I think there's five. I think you're allowed to use five. And then I'm assuming later on in the tournament, you get an extra one for extra time and everything as well. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And, assuming that's, not that including, and that's not including the concussion subs, which you can make. I was just about to point. say, is that is that something that's going to be in the world? Yeah, because it's been trialled in certain leagues across Europe. I think the Premier League had it last season, even though they didn't really need to use it that much. I think there was one time that they were considering using it and then they didn't, did they? So. And then they got absolutely crucified for not using it. Let's face it, how, how much is playing for Man United is going to affect your health? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm assuming that he's going to be playing quite a bit, right? Because well, I United, mean, Ted Hart must so, yeah. like him, right? Yeah. I'm assuming he's going to get quite a lot of game time as well. So I know that he's a professional athlete, so obviously he's going to have a greater level of fitness than, you know, fatty McFat fat over here. But it's still difficult. And if you have a heart condition as well, which, you know, is a cardiovascular issue, breath is going to be a bit of an issue for him. It's going to get sucked out of him quite a lot, I think. He's not going to be as mobile as he could be. Yeah, true. Interesting thing that we didn't really touch upon last week, which was funny considering we brought up the Ericsson thing and we were talking about the weather, but it was just something that we really brought up last week, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, but yeah, scores, scores, guys. What what are we thinking? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm going for a two-one Denmark. As last week they got to the semi-finals of the Euros without Ericsson, hey, that'd be fine. Two-nil. Uh, um, Tunisia versus France. Again, a bit of a political match, so to speak, but uh, maybe a little bit older 
than most people's time now. More of a historical rather than a current one. But uh, yeah. Can't say anything other than a French win. Yeah, and I think it all depends on what France has turned up. Wait till this deal. You think so? And I, I I'm probably going to say that they are. I'm trying to remember my scores, but if I remember rightly, I think I've got France going out. So this is a dead rubber game, and I think they'll win it. I don't know yet. That's one I'm not sure of. I think I only really paid attention to the England one because I thought it was quite interesting. I, I don't know for sure the French ones yet, whether you've got them going out or not. But you might have. I know I definitely said Spain are going to go out, and I'm sticking to that. So, what have you got down, France, Tunisia? Feeling? Uh, um, uh, 3-0 France. 3-0 France. And you think that you might have put them out as well, yeah? I've got a sneaky suspicion. I think I may have put them out, or they're going to be second in their group. They're definitely not top in their group, I think, based on the results. I think. Tom? I 4-0. Me too. Going to go 4-0 Mbappe hat-trick. Now, do you think Mbappe's going to have a good tournament? Do you think he's going to... Because he had a very disappointing Euros, didn't he? I think the fact that he's just been paid like a bajillion Euros, uh, I think he's going to be pretty happy. But the way the money affects a player, we've seen it in the Premier League, haven't we? With players getting big wages and then deciding to not turn up. That's so he won the World Cup, doesn't he? What does he care? I think he wants the Ballon d'Or, doesn't he? That's that's what it is. And well, if I can have a decent World Cup, and I've won two World Cups in a row, I might be in for a shout. Even though I can't seem to win the Champions League, I don't know. I'm I'm still yeah. I'm going four nil as well. So okay, I'll go for Benzema hat trick and that's it. I mean, this is just a little bit of this is a little bit of flavour. This isn't like a. I mean, if it's four nil and neither of them get a hat trick, I'm not going to turn around. And go no. The result is null and void. So that might be the tie break then if you do a level on points at the end of it now. Which yeah, exactly. Yeah. A little bit of, little bit of spice. On to Group C. Final group round, final round of games in Group C. Uh, and I've got Sara versus Mex. So that's uh, Saudi Arabia versus Mexico. I've just written it in shorthand, so it says Sara. And I was sitting... When, when you two were talking about Tunisia and France, I was sitting there going... Who the hell is Sarah? Um, um, South Africa? No. Um, S- Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. It's Saudi Arabia. Yeah, but I know. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> What's this game again? Uh, Sarah versus Mexico. Saudi Arabia against Mexico. <laughs> the team's used to playing in hot conditions. Yes, but Mexico's is a little bit more humid than dry. Different type of environment. Will that help or hinder them, do you think, Tom? <laughs> Weather expert. Uh, you said they've got to be big contenders for this World Cup because they're used to the... No. Uh, that being said, I'm going for 3-1 Mexico. Goal oh, for Saudi Arabia. That's good. I'm, I'm going to go 2-0 Mexico. You know, so far, I don't think many of us have got actually many draws. Well, and I'm, I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure there has only been one game where either of us have said a nil-nil draw and I think that's me and Phelan in the same game we both picked a nil-nil and I'm pretty sure yeah. no other games have been nil-nils we are assuming there's going to be a lot of goals in this tournament I think I said Ecuador Senegal was nil-nil 
That was only earlier this episode, and I cannot remember. <laughs> this is why I'm not doing the maths in my head now. I'm going to wait and sit down and do it all individually. The math for our American listeners. Hello. Uh, nil, nil. Fine enough, as we were just... Oh, that's just because I just said it. <laughs> no, I said it, I said it before you went on your little uh, nil, nil tirade. I'll have, to, I'll have to rewind and listen to that and see exactly <laughs> what you said. Uh, Poland versus comments. Argentina. Put it in the comments. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> think there are comments on a on a, on a on a podcast. Maybe there are. Yeah, of course there are. Of course yeah, there it depends is. where you post it. it. It's it's in all the usual places. It'll be on Spotify, on uh, Apple Podcasts, also on Google Play. Just so you know, it'll be in multiple places. Don't. Anyway, Poland versus Argentina. Lewandowski against Messi. They're both at the World Cup. Yeah. And they're not injured. So, yes. Well, it's, it's a big Titanic clash, isn't it? Between two world-class stars. You're going to want to outshow the, each other? Maybe. I'm going to interject anything <laughs> on this one. Um, Obviously, I saw a stat the other day. It said Argentina haven't lost a game for three years. But who have they played in that three years? Uh, Obviously, the well, South America America. They, they did win the they Copa America, 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 to be fair. Yeah. I don't Give think... Credit. I don't think South America is as strong as it used to be at this point in time, though. I don't, I don't look at the South American teams and think, yeah, they are the best in the world. You know, like when you look, used to look at the Brazil team and everyone yeah. was like, Brazil are the best team. Yeah, like the, the, the 2002 Brazil team were like world class. Yeah, I don't really see that in South America at the moment. The teams just seem very meh. Don't... Yeah, I get it. And you've just seen the, the trash South America. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's fine. We haven't got any listeners in South America. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I um, yeah, I just I just don't see, you know, the fact that they won the Copper America is like, ooh, way great. Good for you. Well done. I'm, you know, Messi finally won an international trophy. Good on you. Well done. But who did they beat? I don't. Everyone in South America. <laughs> yeah, but as I just said, you know, not really like a powerhouse of. It, don't get me wrong, the quality of the players is still good. There are still some fantastic players coming from South America. But I just. Uh, the teams just don't seem. Sensational. Yes. <laughs> to be to be fair, they beat to win the Copa America after they got out of their group, they beat Ecuador, Colombia, and Brazil. Be strong. Yeah, but then you'd say that those are probably the the three apart from Ecuador, maybe. Venezuela perhaps above them, you'd say are probably a better side than Ecuador traditionally. But then you'd say that that's the three other biggest teams in South America, right? Argentina, Brazil, um, Colombia. You'd say right. traditionally those are the three biggest ones. And then and they, Uruguay. Um, they top, yeah, Uruguay were in their group and they um, they topped their group one, three and drew one. So. so it's not really a surprising run-in. It's not like got there, you know? But anyway, the point is, is that I just don't see America, South America as... What it used to be in the past. Like I said before, and as a Tottenham fan, this is a very strange thing to say. 
But if you're if you've got Rashalison in your team week, uh, you know every single game, you, your team's not that great. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> no, I can't either. To be fair, I mean, like, so so let's let's say Ronaldo and Romario versus Firmino, Neymar, and Rashalison. Who are you picking? As you didn't yeah. mention Gabriel Jesus, was he on a different level than all those you mentioned? Better than Richarlison. That's that's a hundred percent. Anyway, have you got for win the game? Or yeah, game? good point. Oh, oh, the host trying to move us on there. Did you see that? We were rambling. You <laughs> run on a little bit. my. You run on my schedule. Not, <laughs> I don't run on yours. We talk about what I want to talk about. So anyway, what's your favourite topping on a pizza? <laughs> I'm going to say Argentina 2-0. What was your prediction, Mark? 1-1. Uh, okay. So, yeah, this isn't the strongest Argentinian team we've seen, or South American as a whole, I don't know. But it's Poland. Um, <laughs> if, as, I said, as I said last week, they never impressed me in a, in a tournament. Wow. Uh, gosh. Having said that, I personally think if you put Poland into the South American in the Copper America, I still reckon they'll probably get to a final or two. <laughs> what, just Lewandowski? No, just because European yeah, teams tend to just, points. in general, be better right. than most of the South American sides. Poland versus um, Ecuador, who's winning? Poland, probably. <laughs> yeah, but you line up most European teams against South American teams, you're going to have most European teams to win. What I was saying, you know, yeah. apart from the big, big ones, Brazil, Argentina, they're actually going to cause people problems. Nine times out of ten, Poland will do all right against most other South American sides. They lost 3-0 to Colombia in the last World Cup, that boy. But England can beat Colombia at the last World Cup either, so. On penalties, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. But on uh, penalties, it's anyway. not the same as beating him in open play, is it? But England, uh, England won a penalty shootout. That, that's something I didn't ever think I'd see in my lifetime. After they lost to Germany in Euro '96, so you know, or one Argentina. That's hell. Oh, it might be. Barn burner World Cup. There's loads of goals in this tournament so far. Um, that brings us to the end of day ten. Sorry, go on. I was going to say this. We've we've predicted the highest world scoring World Cup ever, and that's not yeah, just I'm because pre- there's I'm... more teams in it this year. We've only finished the group stage. <laughs> there's going to be way more nil nils than we've predicted. <laughs> Um, that brings us to day 11 uh, and Group F. And we kick off with uh, world champions elect Canada versus Morocco. <laughs> He's going to swing wildly the other way now. Yeah, say, this Morocco is the game in the group for Canada. Against <laughs> uh, an uh, unknown Morocco team. Prize package. <laughs> Not for Canada win by the two. I do not remember, but I'm pretty sure you've... I mean, they've played Belgium in one of those games, so they can't, you can't be... They've played Belgium and Croatia, and, and we're still joking that you think they're going to be world champions. So I'm pretty sure he's picked a dodgy hey, I'm result. I'm not that there. insane, man. Come on. I think you might have done. You, I think you picked Canada to beat Croatia. I think Canada to win one of these games. You've definitely picked Canada to beat either Croatia or Belgium. So. And then draw the yeah. other one, I think. No, this is the third one now. He's... Oh, <laughs> no, wait, said, yeah, mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's a pretty straightforward Canada win for me. Three-one. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure three, that's one. Canada. T- 
top of Group S. <laughs> yeah, you better believe it, mate. In in a group that's Croatia and Belgium, I'm pretty sure he's put Canada top of the group. <laughs> You're laughing now, but you won't be laughing in November. So, so we've got we've got England I, out I, of the I, group I, stage. I'm actually going to dare you to put money on that. <laughs> oh, uh, it'll be a very small amount of money, but yes. We've got we've got England out of the group stage and Canada top of group. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a fun World Cup. <laughs> Um, I'm going for a Morocco 2-0 win. I'm going for a 0-0 ball fest. I actually, <laughs> halfway through saying 2-0 Morocco, I actually thought, no, it's going to be 0-0, you idiot. But I'm going to stick with my 2-0. Um, Croatia-Belgium. Game. 0-0, straight off the bat. I'm going to get in there, 0-0. There we go. Oh, that's the excitement for that game gone then. Oh, blimey. Say what big game is, isn't it? Nil-nil. It's going to be a big game, but it's going to be the... They can't, you know, edgy, edgy big game. Nil-nil. Yeah. I've got to put more nil-nils in here somewhere, man. I think after <laughs> suffering to beat Canada in their two games, they're going to be a bit edgy, aren't they? <laughs> um, so you've got the World Cup finalist and the World Cup semi-finalists from last time. The same group as the world champions elect. Oh. So you're going nil-nil, Richard. Yep. You're sitting firmly on the fence. Yep. Not sticking your neck out nope. at all. There are not enough nil-nils in this tournament so far, so I need to start finding them where I can in the last couple of games. <laughs> I'm going to stick my neck out then. Two one, Croatia. A Modric brace. I'm going to say two-one Belgium, but it's going to be a really good game. High edgy nil-nil. Yeah. Okay. Group E. Costa Coffee versus Germany. I just wrote Costa down, that's why. So, Costa Rica. Rica versus Germany. Germany 2-0. German efficiency. It's hard to overlook Germany for this game, isn't it? I I just, I think they're going to be wait. I'm actually going to go 4-0. I'll go in the middle then, 3-0. Japan versus Spain. Seeing as I've got Spain to go out, this is a game. Uh, Japan will win this 1-0. They'll nick it 1-0. Pain for Spain for feeling. Yep. Hey, man, if you can do dodgy puns, then I can do dodgy puns Pain too. For, for Spain and for Kane. Ooh, he's adding it a bit more. You got anything to add to that feeling? <laughs> no. Not even slightly. That's lame. <laughs> oh, that, that works as well. Very good. <laughs> Going Dang. for Tom. Oh, t- <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't let me have it, could you? Nope. Busted. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I agree with feeling that Spain are going to be as bad as he thinks. I don't know. Go for a 3-1 Spain. Um, Nil-nil. Kidding me. I need to put some <laughs> nil-nils in there. <laughs> Stick your neck out, man. No, man. We need more nil-nils. There aren't nil-nils so far. Have you have you given yourself a quota of nil-nils that you just need to fill in this third, Mate, third round of how many, game? how many goalless games are there at World Cups, no, I mean, usually? Spain have Morata up front on. But seriously, every World Cup you watch, how many nil-nils are there? Two. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we've only top, picked top, like two before this point. Statistician, you should know these things. Hang on. Uh, not that good, mate. But anyway, yeah, nil-nil. 
Um, and that brings us to day 12 and the last round of groups game. We start with Group H, South Korea versus Portugal. Now, this is a game I think could be quite decent. Son versus Ronaldo. I see. Nil-nil. <laughs> no, I think, I, think, um, I think this is going to be 2-2. 2-2? Isn't it? Yeah, I could get on board with that. Yeah? Yeah. Feeling it as well. You're feeling the 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, I and am. Yeah. Feeling the Desmond. Yeah. Tom? Um, so you both went for 2-2, two, two, so it's probably best if I slip my neck out and go for a result here, isn't it? Don't have to. There's no point in me going for the same result, is there? Well, why not? Your other group games might have been completely different to ours, in which case if you stick your <laughs> neck out and mess it up, I mean, you could have different people going through on a different score. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think Portugal have too much quality for South Korea. Me too. Portugal, yeah. To Portugal. Son will score in this game. He has to, sure. If he goes. If he goes. Um, Ghana versus Uruguay. This is our last group game, right? Last group game of Group H. Oh, well, we've still got G. Ghana versus Uruguay. There's a bit of a revenge in this one, isn't there? Uh, yeah. Uh... I mean, Ghana got any of the same players, though? I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. It was 12 years ago. Juarez is still playing, so but but we, I don't know if any of the Ghana players were in that side or not, but you would have thought like a national mentality, there'd be some sort of... Well, yeah, I think they'd be up for that game as a nation, surely. That help or hinder them. Let us know. Me? Yeah. <laughs> your score, your predictions. Oh, my score... Oh, it's quite a tough one to predict. Screw it, I'm going to go for 2 0 Ghana. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, 1 0 to Uruguay. I'm also going Just to go 1 0 Uruguay. Just too much Uruguay. kind of firepower up front will probably see them through. I think that Ghana will defend resolutely stoutly stoutly but I think that they'll just make one error at some point and then Uruguay will nick something um the old part of the bus yeah and and uruguay are also probably the most defensively minded south american team you'd say right so they're quite yeah, happy to just sit on a one nil one nil scoreline as well aren't they the physicality as you get later on in the game especially being the third group game will probably um see them through i personally think this is going to be dull um yes okay. yeah tactically interesting yeah <laughs> Um, I think this will be a dull game. I think Uruguay will have most of the ball, but they're not really going to do much with it. Ghana will just slip up at some point and Uruguay will nick a goal and then Uruguay will just be happy to just sit back, hold on to the ball, play for time, professional fouls, all that, you know, so time wasted. All the, the kind of the tricks that the South American teams do so well. But yeah, it, it, that's where it's come from, though, isn't it? South Americans and it's kind of crept into into the European game, not just the English game, but the European game as a whole. World game, really. Professionalism, so to speak, is, is quite a big part of any match now, really, isn't it? In any kind of situation. But yeah, I, I think that yeah, it's just going to be dull, personally. So, uh, And our final group. Group G, Cameroon versus Brazil. Um, I fear for Cameroon in this one. Yeah, the you know huge talent of Richarlison 
and Gabriel Jesus, Firmino. And I don't... I mean, Brazil will have a lot of the ball. Brazil are going to have a lot of the ball and, and the majority of the game, to be honest with you. But, I mean, Cameroon camping on the edge of their 18-yard box with like 11 players behind the ball. Do Brazil have the quality to pick through that? I don't... This is what I'm saying. Yeah. This is, But this isn't the Brazil team of the early 2000s. This is Carlison Brazil team, you know? Like, They'll still have too much. Come on. Do they have a creative ball-playing midfield player that can pick locks? Coutinho? Is Coutinho the same player that he was when he was at Liverpool, though? If we're Aston Villa right now, that should answer your question. Yeah, I still think they'll have too much for Cameroon. Now. Neymar? I'm, I'm, I'm going to put this as another 1-0 to Brazil. It's, it's, it's got the same problems as the, as the previous match, you know, it's... But one team will be happy to not concede. One team who doesn't really have the quality to break them down. Mistake, goal, they're happy with that, basically. Yeah, that's what I've got. So I'm going 2 0 to Brazil. 5 1 Brazil. Oh, okay. Apologies to our Cameroonian listeners. Listener, clerk singly. <laughs> yeah. Luck to that. Okay, and the final game of the group stages: Serbia versus Switzerland. Mm. Big European game finished. Be close. Did you ever the last World Cup? Sure. Two-one uh, Switzerland. I think. Shaka scored in that game. Maybe. I'll leave it to you, statistician Tom. So what are we thinking then, guys? I'm gonna. Because I started this group with a wild score, I'm going to finish the group with a wild score. I'm going 3 3. Oh, <laughs> Switzerland's goal machines in this World Cup. I think you've got them as the top scoring team in this World Cup so far. <laughs> so, uh, started, England out, France out, Canada Spain top of their group, Spain out, Switzerland top scorers. <laughs> yep, the gold is a wild World Cup. Switzerland. I started the group with a wild score. I'm going to finish the group with a wild score just for the just for the hell of it. Mark my words. It's the one to watch. <laughs> <laughs> nil nil. Yeah, you echo my sentiments completely. Nil nil from me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when you said the other game was four four, we were like one one nil nil kind of thing. Yeah. You're like four four. <laughs> <laughs> And that, gentlemen, brings us to the end of the group stages. Uh, I will go away. I will do the maths behind this, figure out who we have going through into the group 16. So then each one of our round of 16 is going to be different, I'm assuming. Um, oh, yeah. So I will be coming to you with yours. Well, but they're going to be different. Yeah, so we're well, gonna, Tom, well, I'm going to come to Canada to win the whole thing. So you don't even need to ask him about his round of 16, and then you know the rest of it. He's just got Canada. On his little wall chart, he's got Canada all the way through right to the final, sat in the middle of his wall chart. Oh yeah, I'm ready. And Feeling's got Switzerland as top scorers. So <laughs> Switzerland Canada final is what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I could name you a Switzerland player, I would give you a golden boot. But I couldn't name you a striker from Switzerland. Okay. Shakiri, Shakiri. Oh, Shakiri, Shakiri, of course. Yeah, but he's yeah, he's not going to be. Ramon Vega. <laughs> Ramon Vega. Um, but yeah, so I'll do the maths. Um, 
away from this uh, in between shows and I'll come back and we'll each go through our own round of 16 games um, and then we'll see where we go from that but that will be that for the moment gentlemen anyone have anything else that they wanted to talk about as well come uh, no about anything in general like um something that's happened in the news that you wanted to talk about or like the women's euros or anything that you wanted to talk about i will take that as a no something that no just that you know the uh we were talking before we started recording that the uh, euros you know they start they started at old trafford 60 some odd thousand they're going to finish at uh wembley 80 some odd thousand and then um the rest of the grounds are kind of um, a couple of mid-tier Premier League stadiums and then uh, the Manchester City's under 23's Academy Stadium. Do you, think that, that, do you think that they should have... All right, I know the stadiums were chosen in 2019, but they should have um, pushed the boat out a little bit and picked some of the more established grounds, maybe like a Villa Park, you know, the mid-40,000s, um, Goodison Park, just to really help try and grow this... Uh, women's tournament i i agree that you need to try and grow the tournament and you need to try and um you know bring attention to it and things like this but this is something that i've spoken to about tom previously in the past is what looks better a smaller stadium that's kind of packed or a massive stadium that's virtually empty which is going to give you the best advertisement for the, the game in general because I mean first and foremost the Amex is way more advanced than Villa Park Man City's under 23 stadium is probably nicer than Villa Park yeah. to be honest with you facilities wise I'm talking about I'm not talking about like history or name branding or anything like that but the facilities at the under 23 Man City stadium are probably going to be 10 times better than Villa Park. No offence, Villa fans. That's not what I'm trying to say, but it's an old stadium. This is a stadium that was built state-of-the-art, you know? I mean, I went to Goodison Park 10 years ago, and it's old and worn down. Most of those stadiums are now, which is why the most tournaments that we're planning in this country probably aren't going to go to those stadiums now because they're not going to be up to international standards anymore. Whereas you've got stadiums like the Emirates, uh, Tottenham Stadium, um, the Etihad, you know, Wembley. These are stadiums, uh, Cardiff even, you know, stadiums that are a lot more welcoming to a, an international clientele that are used to having pretty decent facilities, you know. Don't want to send them to somewhere that's basically falling apart, do you? It's a fair point. But you know, just in terms of like just growing the growing the platform, you're talking about welcoming this kind of international audience uh, in to try and promote. Which is, let's face it, you know, women's football has grown exponentially over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, Barcelona sold out their stadium, didn't they, for the women's yeah. fixture and the women's Champions League um, final? Did like forty, fifty thousand tickets. Um, so I just, I just feel like it's kind of undervalued it a little bit. Yeah, and I know it's probably for the FA's hindsight is twenty twenty because they picked these stadiums in um, twenty nineteen. But when you're talking about like 
the uh, the the Euros being predominantly based over here last year, and now you've got the women's Euros this year. It just felt like they've missed an opportunity because every game sold out, and they sold out very quickly. I know just from trying to get um, tickets for the Amex, which I'm going to, uh, for the England Norway game. You know, you had to get it early. If I'd have waited another um, 72 hours, that initial allocation of tickets had all gone. The only thing I would say is when would you have changed it? They, they picked the stadiums in 2019, you said. And then, then you obviously have to have things in place like uh, training facilities, um, infrastructure issues, accommodation for and not that's what only I mean, fans. It should have been and... a little bit bolder at the time of, of choosing. I get that. But then this is what I was saying right back at the beginning. Do you risk having a stadium that's pretty much half empty as your advertisement for the big women's game? Or do you pack out a slightly smaller stadium that's maybe not got the name brand recognition in the history, but you will fill out probably a lot easier than a, you know... I mean, you say that the, the opening game was at Old Trafford. Okay, opening game is probably always going to be quite big. The final is always going to be quite big. But then the little mediocre group games in the middle, do you want to risk having cameras on empty seats as your advertisement? I, d I don't know. That's that's the only thing. I mean, you're right. They probably should have bet on it and gambled a little bit more that it's going to be bigger than it was. But then there's always that risk that it is going to come back and bite you in the bum and you're going to have a camera on a stadium that's got a few people scat splattered around it you know yeah both points are quite valid just yeah yeah, yeah definitely right out for debate no no absolutely I, I, I the problem is is like most things i don't think there's a right or a wrong answer you know hindsight's 2020 and you like every game sold out then you could have gone damn we could have had bigger stadiums you know easily gone to like a 40 50,000 stadium that would have been all right but I, then i would have thought they would have gone for stadiums at least thirty thousand. yeah because you even look at some of the championship stadiums some of the mid-tier stadiums there are still sort of 25 to thirty thousand. yeah and they the, playing games at brentford stadium and that's only like 18 or so yeah so you've got brentford you've got the amex you've got uh southampton's and they're predominantly the yeah rotherham for example, I mean the only the, thing I, I just, would say. I, I don't know why, but I just find it the fact that they've gone to like Rotherham, which is great for you know a bit of exposure for Rotherham, the champion, the, their team, their 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 stadium. But then they've used the Academy of Manchester Stadium. Surely there was another stadium within that vicinity, whether it be Championship League One, that they could have used. I just that feel area, like you're only really looking at Oldham, really, aren't you? It's not the two Manchester yeah. teams. You're looking at Oldham. Tramier, Middlesbrough, you know. Middlesbrough, like Stadium that. of Lights. Yeah, but now, now, guys, you're talking about two stadiums that were renovated in the late 90s now. Oh, yeah, true. I mean, most players are going to go to one of those stadiums and go, this place is dumb. And they're going to go to the Man City Under-23 yeah. Academy. Yeah. Rotherham, yeah, you use that argument and then it kind of blows my argument out of the water. I don't know, doesn't it? Because it's a new stadium. Oh, is it? Basically. Okay. The, the only thing that I would say is that you're talking about like women's Super League teams that are playing at 
tiny stadiums like Barnet Stadium or something like that, and they're not selling them out every week. So it's a pretty safe assumption to think, well, we're not going to be selling out a 40,000-seater stadium you know, like for every game at this Euros. So I can see why they would think that. Because, I mean, if, like, Man City and Chelsea can't even sell out the Etihad or Stamford Bridge, you're going to think, well, what's England versus Norway going to open out, you know? I can see why they had the thought process that they did, is what I'm saying. But I can also see the other side of it where you're saying, well, you know, gamble on it and, you know, try and make it a bit more prestigious and say, no, we're going to go all out for this. And if, you know, you don't buy into it, then where were you when England played, uh, you know, um, Wembley or, you know, at the Emirates or somewhere like that, you know? Yeah, I, 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 can, I can see your side of the argument. I can also see the other side of the argument. And I don't think there is any right or wrong answer. In hindsight, there's a right answer. But did any of us know what the world was going to be like? In 2022? In 2019? No. No, even so. And these things take a lot of planning. These things don't come together overnight, no matter how much people want to. All you have to do is look at the Champions League final this year in Paris. I mean, that got moved months ahead of time. And look at the fiasco that happened uh, there. Yeah, it was a complete and utter farce. What's up? But, that, but that's what I'm saying. So things like that can happen if things are done quickly you know i mean you say they should have done this in 2019 but they didn't know in 2019 and then you had two years of pandemics so you're not going to reschedule anything in there because you don't even know if there's going to be a tournament at this rate and then we get to 2022 and then the option could have been to change it but way too late to do it by that point no tell us what you think let us know leave a comment i'll, I'll check it out and I'll, i will put it forward but you've got to try and encourage, you know, interaction with the fans. You know, that's, that's what people like. <laughs> Does anyone else have anything they want to talk about? Uh, I was going to say, what does everyone think of England's chances of winning this tournament? Not the biggest expert. I'm just going to ask you. I think that there's been a massive improvement in the England team over the past five to ten years. So, I mean, the problem is, is we still got outclassed by like the USA and France and things like that. So they are still leaps and bounds ahead of us. Germany seem to have come on a lot stronger as well. I mean, they're, they're, they're Germans huge. The Germans, eh? They're always a tournament team, male or female. Dutch are obviously a very good as well. So I'd say we've got a fair enough, a, a fairer shot as any. The new manager's got them playing a lot more exciting football than it was under Phil, part of the bus going to send everyone to sleep commentator Neville oh no that's that's not what Phil played fast attractive football played quick fast attacking style football <laughs> <laughs> that guy didn't really know what he so try and say everything you just said with a straight face oh I he was he was like a very poor manager I thought but he was a poor decision as well I thought I, you know this is his first role you don't stick him straight in at the top table do you I don't they seem to have found a more firmer ground now and they're steadily progressing and doing... I mean, home home field advantage might do them the world of good as well, I think. You never really write off home field advantage, can you? I mean, it no, does wonders for teams. 
Well, look what it did for us last year. All of us put Qatar at the bottom of their group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You still need a little bit of quality to go with it, mind. So, yeah, I think that they're, they're, they're definitely in amongst the favourites, I would say, for sure. Yeah, I would say so. I'd agree with that. How it progresses a little bit and see where we go from there. Okay. So we will move on to our segment, our final segment of the show uh, and the Sacked in the Morning Hall of Fame, the illustrious. So our two entrants so far have been Peter Schmeichel and Bobby Charlton, Sir Bobby Charlton. And there's a bit of a theme. My choices this week, we're going for the top international goal scorers of all time. Because we're in the international period still. We've got an international tournament on right now. We're talking about the World Cup on the show. So I've gone for the top international scorers of all time. However, Cristiano Ronaldo is, of course, the top international goal scorer on this list. Um, but there wouldn't be much of a competition if he was one of the choices. So going with, um, it's going to come down to number two and number three. Cristiano Ronaldo is not going to be in this discussion. He will come. He will get his time another time. But there's not much point picking him against these two guys because I'm pretty sure you two are going to say, Ronaldo. Going to come down between number two and number three. That is Ali Dyer and Mokhtar Dahari, um, who are the <laughs> second and third choices, respectively. You laugh, but I was surprised. Listen... When, when you get to it, I was surprised. So we'll start off with I Ali Dyer. I'm, I'm not surprised because I know Ronaldo had to overtake uh, someone that was more obscure for westernised audiences as in terms of international top goal scorer. Who his name was, I have an absolute clue, but I know it was someone that we wouldn't necessarily uh, springs to mind to think about. It's not just that. That's and the acclaim in the international sphere is quite surprising. Start with Ali Dai. Born in Ardabil, Iran, on the 21st of March, 1969. He began playing at the age of 19 for his hometown club, Estekhal Ardabi. How many times did you practice that? <laughs> That's no problem, man. Fenta Arabiya, shwiya, shwiya. <laughs> um, before two, mo two moves would find him settled for four years with Bank Tejarat, where he scored 49 goals in 75 games. Uh, further impressive displays led to a move to the Bundesliga side, Armenia Balfeldin. Now that one was harder to work out, to be honest with you. Um, in 1997, scoring seven goals in 25 appearances on his debut season in Europe. This earned him a move. Bayern Munich, six goals in 23 appearances during his one and only season at the German Giants before moving to Hertha Berlin for uh, spending three seasons there before moving back to the Middle East. 17th of November 2004, Dai scored four goals against Laos for Iran, scoring his 99th, 100th, 101st, 
and 102nd international goals, becoming the first male player in history to score 100 international. He scored 134 goals in 351 appearances, being capped 149 times for Iran and scoring 109 goals, second only to Cristiano Ronaldo, who broke the record. So this guy was the top international goal scorer. He won two league titles, four domestic cups, a Champions League runner-up in 1999, and for Iran, he won one Asian Cup, one Challenge Cup, one West Asian Championship. He was named Asian Footballer of the Year, inducted into the Asian Hall of Fame, and named in the IFFHS team of the 20th century. What team of the century? Uh, the IFFHS, the International Federation of Football Federation History of Football and History. Statistics. Statistics, yeah, I've got it. He was voted in their uh, team of the 20th century. Are some other big names in there as well. Um, we will move on to uh, Mokhtar Dahri. And if I'm mispronouncing that for any of my Malaysian listeners, I apologize. Now, this is where it gets even worse as well. Dato Mohod Mokhtar bin Dahari was born on the 30th of November 1953 in present day Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, to Aminah Shari Khan and Dahari Abeng. Now, I apologize if I've butchered those names, but I did try at least. Um, I mean, played those so, names. <laughs> I might have nailed <laughs> it, you don't know. <laughs> they they might have been like, wow, he's Malaysian, is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mokhtar played, played his first game in the Burnley Cup one. final. Um, Burnley Cup final? Um, for FA Selangor in 1972 local um, Malayan cup mm-hmm. that I'm pretty sure um, was set up by like expats probably who lived in there who start who introduced football to Malaysia so I'm guessing someone um, was a massive Burnley fan probably people from Burnley like maybe like um, army regiment from like that region were out stationed yeah, you would, out there you wouldn't necessarily and then name a football. tournament after Burnley would you unless you're from Burnley yeah you would still People from Burnley don't tend to admit they're from Burnley most of the time. Ooh, I don't know, man. I reckon people from Burnley are proud Burnleyans. Want to tell everyone they're from Burnley. (laughs) I'm not from Burnley. (laughs) Um, Anyway, he he made his debut in the 1972 final and winning the match. Uh, He was asked to sign for the club, becoming top scorer in his first season. Uh, he would be very successful here, winning 10 Malaysian Cups, scoring 177 goals for the club. He would play for several Malaysian clubs, turning down moves abroad to clubs like Real Madrid and Arsenal because of his love for Malaysia. So he actually decided to not move because he loved where he was. He just loved his uh, country. So he turned down a move to Real Madrid. This is why I was saying, don't be so who? I mean, this guy could have been a big deal, but... Hold on, hold on. He also turned down the move to Arsenal. That's uh, much bigger. Yeah, yeah uh, he actually turned down the move to Arsenal after they after he scored um, in a uh, friendly tournament against them, and they made an offer to sign him, and he turned it down. Yeah, because he, he, he realised that he against them, so they were obviously crap, so he didn't want to go. <laughs> oh, nine seventy nine, you say? Just want to have a cup. Okta Dahari scored against you. 
Um, speaking of Malaysia, Mokhtar would make his debut at the age of 19 uh, with several honours in Asia following. He also scored from the halfway line in a one-all draw with England B, who were managed at the time by Bobby Robson. Uh, he played 375 games, scoring 177 goals, being capped 140 times for Malaysia. 89 goals and is the third highest scoring men's, in, uh, men's international player in history. He won one league title, 12 domestic cups, one Thailand Kings Cup, two Southeast Asia Games and a bronze medal in the Asian Games. He was named National Sportsman of the Year, Best Asian Striker, Best Malaysian Player of the Century and inducted into the... It's very hard to discuss two players I've, I've not seen much of or any of in one case um what i'm saying if you need me to clarify stats again <laughs> in 19th century is pretty big right being linked with arsenal is pretty big as well first player to score 100 international goals as well uh yeah i'll tend to err on the side of the person who scores 100 international goals because that's not a feat that's particularly easy to accomplish by the fact that been there has only been twice. two players that have ever done it and you're talking about some of the greats in you know like known in world football they they didn't do it the bat for Mokhtar Dahari a little bit I'm also going to say that this guy made his debut in a cup final he wasn't even a full professional at the time it was literally they called him up for the game um and he also made his international debut at 19 what about his corner a little bit I think I know which way the wind's going to blow, but yeah, I'm <laughs> going to say that this guy was no joke as well. I mean, he turned down and moved to Arsenal and Real Madrid. So had he gone to one of those teams, then maybe you'd be a little bit more aware of him and he'd have yeah, a I, bit more of a reputation. Yeah, no denying that fact, to be fair. That's all I'm going to say. It's just, just don't write off the fact that you've never heard of him as swaying your decision in that for that mm. reason. Try not to try to put that little bias ahead and think had this guy actually moved to Real Madrid or Arsenal? Yeah, they've both been Malaysian player to play in Europe. They've both been massively recognised in their in their countries, in their territories, by their fe uh, federations. I mean, you don't make the football history, effectively the football history museum, lightly. That's not a thing that they just hand out to anybody. Yeah, and he's named um, as you know, he's named in the greatest team of the twentieth century. So, yeah, and that yeah. in and of itself is an accolade that yeah, <laughs> they're not going to hand it out to uh, Joe Blogg in the street, are they? Uh, only one other player that we've um, discussed was in that IWFHS. That was uh, Bobby Charlton. Yes, that would have been my guess. To be fair, in esteem with Bobby Charlton. That's Ali Dyer, by the way. That's that's. Yeah, I'm going to go for Ali Dyer. That's my vote. What's your reasoning for the for the induction and the hundred goals? Yeah. Say that again. What's your reasoning for that? Is it the the induction into the Hall of Fame and the hundred goals, or was there something yeah. else that? It is, yeah. Yeah, that's probably swayed it for me as well. You say he's played in Europe, but none of those stats look particularly impressive. Uh, I mean, what? Where? Where was his European? Germany, Germany mostly. Yeah, it was in Germany. It was only in Germany, but I'm trying to find his stats for it. So he scored seven goals in 25 appearances on his debut season. Awful. It's not exactly setting the world alight. But bearing in mind, he's also playing for a pretty poor team. 
Um, and that got him his move to Bayern Munich. Um, but you're talking about late nineties Munich, so you've got uh, you got some you got some heavy hitters in that team. Never getting into the starting lineup on a regular basis in that squad. Um, but he so he had twenty three appearances, most of them off of the bench. Six goals. Again, it's not fantastic, but then you look at the players that are in that Bayern Munich team in that period. And then he moved to Hertha Berlin for three seasons. Wasn't by any stretch of the imagination. But but he's a Champions League runner-up. And we all know that had things gone a little bit differently, then he probably would have won the Champions League in that game. Happens that Eddie Sheringham is... uh, <laughs> Badass, yeah. you know. Um, okay, so I'm not. I'm not deciding. You guys are deciding. But both of you are swaying towards Ali Dyer. Yes. It, yeah, it's it's hard to argue with a player that scored 100 international goals. First player to score 100. Exactly, and that that can never be taken away. He may not be the record holder now, but he's the first player to do it. He actually did uh, come out and say that. He's very happy that a player such as Cristiano Ronaldo has beaten his record. And he's happy that the record can be held by someone like Cristiano Ronaldo. He's pretty humble about it as well. And I think that if you turn around and go, your record was only beaten by Ronaldo, you can be pretty happy with that, I would say. Yeah, of course, yeah. He's one of the greatest of all time, isn't he? He's definitely... But, um... Yeah, just, just like, like I, I said, said, I just wanted to bat for uh, Mokhtar Dahari a little bit because I'd, I'd never, never heard of this man, man before, but reading his stats, they're, they're phenomenal stats as well for any player. And had he not been so patriotic and wanted to stay at home, then the whole world may have known more about him, to be honest with you. Big teams to turn down. I know that you're joking about the whole Arsenal thing. Decided to turn down, uh, you know that point day in Malaysia and play in Malaysia so I just wanted to point that out as well that had it not been for his um, patriotism and maybe knew he'd get homesick the whole world may have known more about him but I'm I'm very happy to have learned a little bit more about him a very impressive player but there can only be one entrance that is Ali Dai well done. You may be the top, second top international goal scorer. You may have got to 100 goals before any other male player. You may be in the IWFHS Hall of Fame. Uh, no, 20, team of the 20th century. Greatest honour. You have yeah. been inducted into Act in the Morning Hall of Fame. Can I get a round of applause? Oh, well done, mate. Fantastic. Well done. Well done. Um, and that's it for this week. So I would like to thank you, my my two co-hosts, Feeling. Thank you very much for joining me again. No problem. Tom, thank you very much for joining me. We will, yeah, that that works really well on a podcast. A thumbs up, yeah, on a non-visual medium. Yeah, you can hear this, right? It's one of those audio descriptive things where he goes, Tom held his thumbs up. Thanks for joining me. But like in subtitles or something, I'll get like a robot to. Um, But yeah, I have been Richard. I would like to thank you for joining us this week. And until next time, take care. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. It is now.
try out 742 Evergreen Terrace on Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify. Part of Rich Tea Entertainment.